Yeah, if, you, if you've got your Bibles with you, if you can turn to the book of Ephesians, uh, if you've been with us uh, for any period of time, it may become as no surprise. We're in Ephesians again as we're continuing our series where we're walking through and exploring this letter uh, together. Uh, just want to say actually uh, how great it is to have the children in with us this morning. I think it's great when you have your time to go out and spend time together, but I love it as well when we're able to spend the whole time together worshipping uh, and exploring God's Word together. One of the reasons in particular why I'm glad that you children are in today is because we've been looking at a, a book of the Bible which was a letter written by Paul and in this particular bit of the letter that we're looking at today he writes to the children and he writes to their parents. So the fact that you're in here is great because it means that you get to hear what it is that Paul would say to the children. So we're going to read from, we're actually going to jump back a little way, we're going to jump back to Ephesians 5. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 15. And then we'll jump forward into chapter 6. And I'll explain why we're doing that in just a minute. So Ephesians 5, we're going to read from here. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now last week we looked at what that looked like in terms of wives and husbands, but if we jump to chapter 6, this is what Paul continues. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Okay, so the reason why I wanted to start with those verses in, in chapter 5, before looking at what Paul said to children and to parents, is because there's this command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the way in which we engage with one another and interact with one another is different to how it would be before. There's a call that because of what Jesus has done in our lives, our lives should look different and it works its way out in relationships. So really what Paul is saying, what we were looking at last week, and what we're looking at this week, uh, is what does family, what does a family full of the Holy Spirit look like? And that will be in terms of what does a family, in terms of the church family, what does that look like in terms of the way that we are with one another, what should it look like, but also for, for families and for households as well. What does a family full of the Holy Spirit look like? Now, we often speak of church as a family, and it's not just that we think, oh, it's a nice picture, of, you know, church is kind of like a family, actually church is a family. Earlier on in this letter, right at the start actually, in chapter 1 verse 5, Paul says that, that God has actually adopted us as sons through Jesus Christ, which means that because what Jesus has done for us means that we're brought into God's family. We're sons and daughters with God as our father, which means that we then are brothers and sisters with the same dad, if we can put it like that. And so, actually... What Paul is calling us to, and we've been looking at over a number of weeks now, actually reflects our relationship with Father God. It's how do we work out this relationship that we have with Father God? 
And if you're kind of here this morning and you're thinking, you've read these verses and you're not sure actually how does this relate to me in my life? Or maybe even thinking about this is, is perhaps a, a painful or difficult thing for you to think about. Actually, my hope and my prayer is that for all of us, that we would, be ever, we would grow just uh, and deepen in our awareness of God as our Father, of his love for us, of what he's done for us, and what it means to live with the creator of all things as our Father, God. So let's start then by thinking about what Paul says to the children. He says, children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother. For this is the first commandment with a promise. Now to obey. I think all of us probably have got a very good idea, at least of what to obey means. Uh, It means really to do what we've been asked to do, or not to do what we've been asked not to do. Something we all learn from from very young, isn't it? It's instilled in our children from a very early age, from a very young age, what it is to obey, to be those that do what we've been asked to do. And what Paul is saying actually is for children, they're to obey their parents. But then there's a really important bit that he adds. He says, you're to obey your parents in Christ. Now, stepping stones. A few weeks ago, Linda was telling me that you were looking at one of the Psalms which speaks about how God made us, how God uh, brings us together. Even before we were born, he knew us and he knows us. And she passed me this bit of paper. Uh, and I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read a line and then I want everyone here to, to say, God knows and he cares. Okay, so can you just practice that? God knows and he cares. So this is what you were looking at stepping stones a couple of weeks ago. When I stand up and walk upstairs, God knows and he cares. When I go out or stay home, God knows and he cares. When I go to play with my friends, God knows and he cares. If I get up to see the sunrise, God knows and he cares. If I'm up late and the dark scares, God knows and he cares. Before I was born, God knew I was there. God knows and he cares. As I get bigger, God watches me still. God knows and he cares. Wherever I go, whatever I do, God knows and he cares. Isn't that wonderful? To know in all of those circumstances, God knows us and he cares and we're seen. You see, God is our father and if God is our father that means that we trust that he knows what is the best for us and we can trust that he does know what is best for us and that's true not just for children that's true for all of us isn't it that we can trust that God knows what is best for us and so actually what that means in everything that we do the first thing that we should ask ourselves is does it obey and honor God isn't that true for all of us Is what we're doing, is what we've been asked to do, is what we've given ourselves to, does it obey and honour God? And that is true for all of us, from the youngest to the oldest. First of all, we want to obey God. But then after that, for children, actually we say after that, does it obey and honour God? Then does it obey and honour my parents? Because it is important to God, it matters to God. So God calls, our, calls children, he calls children to, be, to obey their parents, but God has a lot to say, about, to say to parents about their responsibility as well. 
Now, we might be familiar with what obey means. The word honour, maybe not so much. We might not really know what it means to honour someone, or even what that word honour means. Now, we may understand... Part of it, I want to suggest, part of what it is to honour someone, or honouring your parents, means to recognise what your parents do for you, and to thank them for it. That's one way in which we can honour our parents. To recognise what they do for you, and to thank them... For it, And you guys are well ahead of the game, because I was going to say, this is a time now where you can open your activity packs, and oh, you crack on, it's looking amazing, uh, and we've got some stuff there for you to make a card for your parents to say thank you for all of the things that you do for us. It feels a bit cheeky, given that my kids are there to ask them to do that, but you can just do it for... For mum, that's all right. You don't have to do it for me. Uh, and just to, thought it'd be nice just to have a chance for you to say thank you to your parents. That's a way in which you can honour your mum and your dad for everything that they have done for you and continue to do for you. So, you guys, you carry on with what you're doing. It's looking really good. I look forward to seeing some of them at the end. But actually, honouring, showing honour, is something that we are all called to do in God's family. Did you know that? In Romans 12, verse 10, it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. So as part of the big family of God, as part of uh, the church family of God, we are to outdo one another in showing honour. I mentioned, I can't remember now, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a podcast that I've started listening to from Ray Auckland and Sam Albury. And they were spending, in one of the other episodes, they were talking about what it looks like to to show honour and what it means to show honour. And they said it like this. They said, actually, to show honour is to call out the glories of Christ that we see in one another. Essentially, where do we see the work of God in one another? And we want to call that out and we want to recognise it and we want to draw attention to it and we want to say, I see this in you. This is what God is doing in you. This is how I see God changing you. This is how I see God uh, using you and working in you. And actually, I think it's kind of prizing one another highly. And just jumping back again to what it means then for children to, uh, to honour their parents, I think it means to prize your parents highly and to recognise the position that God has given them in your life and to honour them in that way. But we're to show honour to one another. And here's the thing, this might sound, does this, is this really a Christian thing? Uh, but actually, we are told to be competitive in this. If you're going to compete in anything, outdo one another in showing honour. Actually, this is something that we should be pressing into and we should be striving for. But it can start in our homes. It can start for children in terms of honouring their parents. So let's turn our attention then to what Paul says to parents. Paul says this, he says, Fathers and mothers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. If I can kind of try to summarise really what Paul is saying here, is that Paul is calling parents to recognise that what God has called them to do is gospel work. What God has called parents to do is gospel work. What I mean is that it's, we we mentioned earlier, didn't we, about how um, it's reflecting our relationship with Father God. How we know what it is to be fathered and what it is to be, how he treats us and how he relates to us and how he loves us and how he forgives us and how he cares 
for us. And actually, the calling for parents is to recognise that what God has called them to is gospel work. About revealing the good news of Jesus to their children. And about pointing them to him. And to show them what it looks like to have a relationship with God as their father. See, parents are those in need of God's grace. All of us are, aren't we? All of us in need of God's grace. Once far from God because of our sin and yet through Jesus brought near. Not tolerated, just tolerated, but welcomed in to God's family. And parents are those in need of God's grace. Having received God's grace... And they are now tools of grace that God has called, who God has called and put in the lives of their children uh, to, to show them what grace looks like and to shower them with grace themselves. Now, Paul firstly directs us to, uh, to the manner or to the posture of parents. He says, do not provoke your children to anger. Colossians 3.21, really similar to what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He writes to, the, to the, um, the Colossian church as well. And he says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And actually, you need to treat your children in such a way where you're an encouragement to them rather than, uh, rather than um, leading them actually into becoming discouraged or leading them into anger. He's saying, don't be overbearing. Or unreasonable, don't show favouritism, don't be dismissive. There's a, a book written by Paul, a guy called Paul David Tripp, uh, and it's called Parenting, and I think it's like 14 gospel truths, as he works through 14 gospel truths to help parents. And he writes this, I just, it was far better than any way I could ever put it, so I'm just going to kind of read it from him. He says, Every time you exercise authority in the lives of your children, it must be a beautiful picture of the authority of God. In the lives of your children, you are the look of God's face. You are the touch of his hand and you are the tone of his voice. You must never exercise authority in an angry, impatient way. You must never exercise authority in an abusive way. You must never exercise authority in a selfish way. Why? Because you have been put into your position as parent. To display before your children how beautiful, wise, patient, guiding, protective, rescuing and forgiving God's authority is. For all of us as we just reflect on that, that's just the way that God has so treated us and continues to treat us, isn't it? Not in an angry or impatient way. Not in an abusive way. Not in a selfish way. But with grace. And with love and with patience. And so actually for parents, they have that, that privilege really and that opportunity to, to be a demonstration of what the authority of God looks like. As I was preparing for this morning and spending some time thinking about this, I was reminded of 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 when Paul again was writing to Timothy and he says... Right towards the start of this letter, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. And just as I was reflecting on that, it's, we just see really this, it's like a legacy, isn't it? Of from generation to generation of faith being deposited 
and, and passed down of, of parents and children, of, how, um, of, of encouragement and instruction and teaching, where this legacy of faith passes through the generations. And you just get this real sense of how instrumental for Timothy, his mother and his grandmother were in, in him kind of being where he was and being in the faith and uh, all of the things that God, living out all of the things that God has called him to. And what Paul is speaking of when calling parents to bring their children up in the... Dis- Sorry, this is, I think this is what Paul is speaking of when calling parents to bring their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So don't pro- he's saying don't provoke your children, but rather take them by the hand and lead them in the way of Jesus. That's what parents are called to do. You don't get to boss them around. Rather, win them over. Win them over for Christ. Show them what it looks like to live in relationship with God. Show them what it looks like to be forgiven. Show them what hope looks like. Show them what joy looks like. Show them what patience looks like. Show them what security looks like. As we live out the lives that Jesus has won for us. And as children are led in this way, they learn how to relate to God by seeing how others relate to God. Paul Tripp again. He says that discipline combined with... He says that actually what Paul is calling parents to is discipline combined with patient, insight-giving instruction. It's that walking step by step, just guiding. Actually, let's just think about what's going on here. And just show him, just show him where Jesus is in that moment. Show him what it is that Jesus would teach. Show him what it is that God would call them to and how he would want them to live. And actually, what parents are called to should remind us of the Great Commission that we're all called to. Jesus said, didn't he, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and um, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. It's this process of uh, showing them Jesus, and then showing them what a life following Jesus looks like, what it looks like to live in obedience to him. And that's a call for all of us, isn't it? To be those that are disciple makers. And actually for parents, really your, 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 primary, um, your primary focus of doing that is with your children. You would be disciple makers of them. And it's an incredible privilege that God has called and given to parents. Now, um, again, it, with, there's a group called Parenting for Faith. It's just wonderful in, in, the, in the resources that they provide and the support that they provide. And one of the things that they speak about is providing windows for your children or for children. And what that is, is giving them opportunity to look into your life and showing them what a real relationship with God looks like. See, it is about those conversations. And it is about those moments where you have to get alongside and address something specific. But more than that, it's that ongoing way where children are just looking all the time, aren't they? Not just to parents, they're looking to, to other people all the time. Actually, how am I meant to behave? What does it look like? Uh, how, how is it that I'm meant to behave with other people and to engage with other people? 
And actually, if we're telling our children that it's possible to have a relationship with God, that wonderful truth that it's possible to have a relationship with God, that God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you, they're going to be looking to others to see, actually, what does that look like then? Why does it matter? Why should it concern me? And so it's true for parents. Actually, your lives are like a big window that your children will look through to see, actually, what does it look like to know God? What does it look like to have a relationship with him? And we can teach through our daily walk with God. But I also want to say this. This is also true for the church. This is true for each one of us. And for us as a church, I want to remind us and I want to call us to invest in the children that God has given to our church. We all have a role to play. We can all be an example. We're all windows, if you like, when we gather together on a Sunday. But not just then, when we're together in other situations, the children are going to be looking to us to say, actually, what does it look like to know God as our Father? And we too, all of us, have been called to be tools of grace. To show them what grace looks like. To show them what love looks like. To show them what patience looks like. To show them what it looks like to be sorrowful, but how we come to God with that. So I want to just, yes, I've been speaking to, to children and to parents, but I've been, been speaking to all of us because we all have that, that privilege, that opportunity to be that example, to be witnesses of what it is to know God and to be known by God. But also just to reflect on what it is that God has done for us. And all of the relationships that we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks and we'll be continuing to look at in the weeks to come as well, all of it flows from our own relationship with God as Father. Again, to know what it is to be forgiven, to know what it is to be treated with patience, to know what it is to be lavished with grace, to know what it is to be cared for. God knows and He cares. God knows and He cares. God knows you and he cares for you and he loves you. What I'd love us to do now actually is just to, I'm just going to take us right back to where we started. Because remember Paul's starting point before looking at these different relationships and how they work themselves out and the dynamics that go on there. There's this call, isn't it? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, this is what a family of the Holy Spirit looks like. This is what a church family of the Holy Spirit looks like. But in order to be that family, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so actually, we're going to take a moment now. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us again. Whatever it is that the rest of today has in store for us. Whatever relationships we're going to be connecting with this week. Wherever God is calling us to this week. For children for parents, for grandparents, for all of us, wherever we are and wherever God's got us, we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to come, we're going to just take a moment just to pause, and we're just going to wait on Holy Spirit to come again.